0: This is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. Our special guest this week is somebody who has given one of the top performances of the year. Uh, you know, good things come in small packages and, and small little, little shows that, that really are very, very big. And uh, the, this young lady, Sarah Pavlak, who is the star of Agnes of God she plays Agnes in one of the top performances of the year hello Sarah
1: hi
0: so tell us about uh, Agnes of God this the, the show that um, a lot of people don't know but was a major yeah. film in the about well in the 80s and uh, mm-hmm. now you guys are doing a tremendous revival of this show
1: oh thank you uh, surprisingly I've never seen the movie Um I did the show a couple years back in grad school, and I had heard that it was a movie at that time, too, and then I just chose to never see it. So I've only read the script, and I've only the only shows that I've witnessed are the shows that I've been in of Agnes of God. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's powerful in whatever way you read it and however you see it. Um, it it's a small show, and it relies heavily on, on the three of us. Definitely, it definitely relies heavily on the three of us.
0: So set it up for us.
1: now. Yeah. Well, um, the opening is uh, Doctor Livingston speaking to the audience. Um, the the story is definitely told through her eyes, and it's it's her journey um, and her memory of these two people that that she's come in contact with, Agnes, um, who I play, and uh, Mother Superior, who um, and she's brought on to onto this case she's a psychologist and she's brought on to determine whether agnes who has given birth to a child about four months prior and she has no recollection of it she has no remembrance of who the father might be how she gave birth to the child she has no remembrance of the conception anything like that or that's what she claims at least and so she's she's put on trial for manslaughter and dr livingston is brought into the scenario to determine whether agnes is sane. Or is she mentally unstable? Is she will she withstand the 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 stress of a trial? All that kind of stuff. So through Dr. Livingston talking with with me, uh, she's able to determine that there's something deeper. There's something definitely that's not. I guess you could say there's definitely something special about Agnes that she wants to get to the heart of and. Throughout the first act, you get to know that Agnes has definitely has a dark past with her mother. Um, she grew up always an only child with a mother, and her father is never seen or never hardly ever talked about. Um, and she was abused by her mother, and um, it's it's kind of assumed that her mom might have been, you know, some sort of a prostitute or a drug dealer. She probably got around with tons of different men. Um, And she didn't want Agnes to fall into the same history that she had. And so uh, she died when Agnes was 17, and before she died, she asked her older sister, who um, has a strong connection to Agnes as well, and I won't tell you who that is, uh, she asked her older sister to watch over her. That takes, you know, there's a few different steps that Agnes has to take, but then she ends up in um, a convent, and She's basically been secluded ever since she was 17 until her mother died, and then when she was 17, she went right into the convent. And now at the beginning of the story, she's 21 years old. So she's been living in an extreme seclusion away from people and away from the world for her whole entire life. So she definitely has an innocent view of the world and of people and of, and of her faith. Her faith is very innocent, and she has, it's not jaded at all. And
0: she's she's kind of a, she's almost like a mystic.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. she, nobody has, she hasn't been allowed, I guess, she hasn't been allowed to be jaded either, you know, because, but at the same time, when you think of her, you can kind of twist that around and you can think of the abuse that she went through as a child and it's like, well, how can you not be jaded? Which is what makes her special, is because if she's grown up in such an environment, with an abusive mother, and probably hardly any father, some of probably, he he probably might have been abusive as well. You know, how can you not be jaded, and how can you not be affected by it? But in the beginning, you don't think that she is. She's got this pure faith and this pure innocence about her that you're like, well, maybe, you know, there could very well be something special about her. And something out of this, out of this worldly you know, earthly reality that we all live in, well, and maybe Agnes is something out of that earthly reality. That's
0: true, uh, but the show also, on another level, is a battle of wits and willpower between Doctor yeah. Livingston and the Sister Superior. Uh, yeah, which I thought was very strong about about the basics of faith and what's mm-hmm. reality, and and I thought that was that was riveting.
1: Yeah, they do such a great job. Barbara and Lorraine, they do an awesome job with that dialogue. It can get, you know, it it could err on the side of too wordy and too over people's heads. But I think that they both bring such a humanity to both those characters that whatever side you whatever side you believe or whatever side you think you're on, you can connect to the other side, and you're you're definitely taken along to the ride. Um, I find myself backstage listening to their dialogue, and it's so interesting. You find new stuff every night that they're saying. You're like, I didn't even think about it that way. And uh, so they definitely keep it fresh and interesting.
0: Yeah, and and the writing is such that I have a Catholic background. Me uh, too. So, you know, there was a lot of the stuff that I could relate to, but uh, a friend of mine who reviewed the show, who I won't name, is non-religious, had no religious background. And mm-hmm. he got it, and a couple of my Jewish friends uh, really got got it too, and understood the the arguments there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's. I think it's. For, you can you can incorporate the story into any faith, any kind of a zealous, you know, vibrant, passionate faith that somebody might have, whether it be Christianity or Judaism or Hindu. You know, if you're passionate about it and you believe that somebody made. May very well be directly sent from from your creator, whoever that might be. You know, you can relate to this story. Well, let's
0: yeah, let's talk about your preparation for this role. My first question is: uh, Are you were you raised a Christian or a Catholic, or what did you bring to the party? Yeah,
1: I was. Um, I was raised Catholic, very devout Catholic family. I have uh, a huge uh, Irish Catholic family. I have eight brothers and sisters, and we grew up in the Twin Cities and. Um, you know, we went to Mass every Sunday and, uh, went to Catholic school all my life, even my undergrad was Catholic. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, so I definitely had, I definitely had a lot of the, um, religious background to bring to it. Um, and oddly and luckily enough, uh, I took Latin for three years in high school, and, um, the school, my high school that I went to also, uh had latin mass every week during when we would because we'd go to mass every week we'd, we'd go to Mass every tuesday and sometimes it would be in latin and other times it would just be in the english
0: so you, uh, you scooped me on my question about uh because you set a lot of the atmosphere before you ever enter the stage when you're you're beautifully singing those uh, latin oh thank st- you i guess they're chants i don't
1: i don't know what yes. else you'd call them it's Gregorian chants, yeah. Primarily. Well, definitely. I'm old
0: enough to remember when that when the mm-hmm. Catholic Church did everything in Latin, and right. you really demonstrated your your singing chops with that. that
1: oh, was thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, it was because I was in I was in choir when I was younger, when I went to Catholic high school in, in grade school, and those were the chants that we would have to sing. And so when I was reading Agnes, I was like well, I know all this. I know how to speak Latin. I know how to... Because there's a difference between vernacular Latin and church Latin. I'm like, I know all this. I think I can, I think I can do really well with this. And, uh, and so it was really fun trying to find the different hymns to use because it was all up to me and, and the director as to what songs or what hymns to use in, in terms of melody or and you, song you, structure. You
0: certainly picked the ones that, that added a lot to the atmosphere of, of oh, the mystique you. of the character.
1: Yeah, you know, the the author John Peelman, he has this he has a some sort of a footnote in the beginning of the script saying, you know, what songs he definitely wants to be kept in, you know, and then other songs are up to the discretion of the director and the actor, et cetera. Um, but he said at the very most Agnes has to be in her most, her, her most glorious state when she is singing because it's in a way it's her type of escape from from the mental anguish that she's going through right now, having just had a baby or people claim she's just had a baby and she's in this mental state of I don't remember how it happened or some sort of post-traumatic stress. And so I view it as her sense of escape and and allowing herself to just immerse herself in this faith that she has. And so you do, I mean, it's very important to have those songs, first of all, and also to... I think it's that added mystery to her. Oh, yes, yes. So, yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you. After all of that, and after all the setup in the debate between Doctor Livingston and Sister Superior, uh, when you first make your appearance on stage, it's a it's a magic moment. Oh, thank. <laughs> it really is. It, you know, and and you have that that look. And and folks, if you go to uh, ChicagoCritic.com, dot com, my website, we have a great picture. Uh, of the, the three of them, and and you seem to be posing very much like you did when you first entered the stage. It, it was it was a magic moment.
1: Yeah, you know, you just try to envision your idea of who, at least I did, um, who God is, what God is. You know, is he a big man with a big white beard? Is he a bird or something? You know, you just try to envision that most peaceful place in your head, and and hope that it comes
0: across i guess but well it does uh,
1: Well, thank
0: you <laughs> what about the gestures uh the the facial expressions with her i mean you have this you have this glowing innocence uh uh it, the look on your face is like it just won the lottery you know it's oh. it, it was it was magic and then and then uh when certain things happen that I, that i won't give away you go into uh, a couple of raging tantrums that were that were equally scary
1: yeah you know, I just, I, I tried to, I guess I tried just to see it and to listen to the, to the other people on stage, of course, how Agnes listens, and she listens so innocently and so, you know, black and white. I think this is definitely a battle of, like, black and white, and for her, it is just so simple and honest and un, unaffected, you know, and it, it's definitely... A little child looking at you. And yeah, you don't, you yeah, know, I, I see that, that little child eyes.
0: and we believe you so much that you do so much with uh, with your eyes. We believe that Agnes doesn't get it. What happened? I mean, that really comes, and that's one of the keys. You know, uh, if you're sitting in the audience, you're looking to say, "Well, is this girl just a good faker?" Uh, and, and so you sure. had to, you had to make those choices to to play here to to keep the mystery up by playing her as a pure innocent. Oh,
1: yeah, thank you. Um, Like I said, it was just simply, or not simply, but just focusing on her simplicity and on her simple-mindedness, not in her intelligence, but just the way she views the world, very simply. You know, she hasn't been able to experience the world how a lot of us, especially how a 17-year-old girl, when when her mom dies, you know, how how a young woman can experience and view the world, she's never viewed it like that before. Um, she's, she's definitely still
0: a child. And I think the writing and the acting uh, showed there's, n- there's no real good solution to this. I mean, you, I believe the argument, Dr. Uh, Livingston's argument that, that maybe she is uh, insane and maybe she's a religious mm-hmm. psychopath. I mean, the stuff with the with the hands bleeding was was pretty strong. I know there's been actual cases of that. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, the way you built that up and presented that, it it, it was very effective. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but, and then, uh, of course, we're not going to give away, you know, the endings, but uh, Sister Superior's got some points, too. She wants to protect Agnes. Right. Because just for the possibility she might be, you know, blessed by God, and 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 be, you know, be be a saint or something special. And you know, in another era, that she would have been a saint.
1: Exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And what is you know, it asks the question like, what is there is that fine, very fine line that borders between you know, insanity and hysteric behavior, and then extreme, just devout faith that somebody can have, and. You know, where does that line, where is that line drawn, and how do you, how do you, what is the dog, how do you help somebody who is, who is walking that fine line, because you don't want to take their faith away, and you don't want to, like, to, to jade them and affect them in such a way, but you also, you don't want them to, to go over into this realm of insanity and hysteric behavior and potentially hurt themselves or others, you know, so it asks that question. It's like, how far can you go to help that person?
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: is, I think, what the doctor battles with, because she wants to help her so badly, but in the end, I'm not going to say. You yeah, know?
0: it's it, it it's a it's a very moving piece, and I think it's a it's a thinking person's play. You know, I yes. you cannot walk out of that play without having you know, some thoughts in your head and, and yeah. debating this. It's, it's a very powerful piece of theater and you're to be congratulated, you and, and the cast.
1: Oh, thank you. So
0: give yeah. a little, little quick commercial. It's a hubris production. It's at the, uh, the greenhouse on Lincoln Avenue and, and uh, you won what? Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. Uh,
1: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, oh,
0: Thursday. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: A- and, uh, what? Eight o'clock each night and three on Sunday. Is that right?
1: Yes, and Thursday and Sunday are industry nights. Or, oh, good. Yep, so you bring in a headshot or resume or any type of proof that you are part of the theater community, and you can get in for $10
0: oh. on Thursday and Sunday. And, you know, every actor should see that, because you see you see two veteran actors, uh, uh, and then we see what I consider one of the best performances of the year. Uh, uh, so it's... It, it's Good lessons for all of everybody in the theater community, and I I, I talked to a few very tough uh, fellow theater people who you know who are don't like too much. They're they're very tough on their fellow actors, and they thought you were tremendous.
1: Oh, thank. That's very nice. That's very humbling and very nice to hear.
0: So well, thank you. L- uh, the, uh, you pretty much universally got uh, rave reviews too, which which is great. <laughs> yeah.
1: How have the houses
0: been? Have you been? Has the show been selling?
1: You know, the crowds are. We we had the Tough Competition um, opening weekend of St. Patrick's Day weekend, and everybody in Chicago knows that St. Patrick's Day is huge. So um, we didn't have very full houses. It was really loud, uh, and then the following weekend we had. Um, there was some sort of a burlesque show in the house next door to us in the in the theater next door that i think a lot of people were frequenting because it was only for one weekend um as well as it was the following weekend of saint patrick's day so we're hoping that now that that stuff is over that the houses will start to fill up in these next four weeks of the run um but you know we're trying to get any any and everybody into the house and into the seats to see it because we're all really proud of it we are
0: yeah, and you should be because it's a it's a terrific piece of theater and it's it's tough to do and I don't know that uh that a uh veteran equity cast could have done any better than than the three of you guys did because it was it was really strong.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And it's it's an example of uh of uh your work. Uh I also enjoyed you very much when you played Shelby in Steel Magnolias. Oh, yeah,
1: that was fun. It was definitely not like Agnes. Yeah, tell
0: I mean, us about that. That, that was,
1: Polar, that polar opposites. <laughs> uh, well, Shelby, actually, uh, Steel Magnolias was my first show in Chicago last summer. I had just moved. Um, I just graduated from grad school in May of 2009, and so I came to Chicago and got my feet on the ground, and then Hubris was nice enough to uh, give me a shot and give me a chance uh, with Steel Magnolias. And um, that one was, it was so much fun. Just the group of ladies I worked with was, was a blast, and we all keep in touch still, and they're all coming to see um, Agnes of God, because uh, Lorraine Freund, who is in um, Agnes of God, was in uh, Steel Magnolia. That's right. Yes. So we're all going to hopefully get together sometime this, in these next couple weekends, um, when everybody can come and, you know, reunite and everything. Um, but it was it was so much fun definitely more in my comfort zone as a, as a younger woman, uh, Shelby is, she's, you know, she's about my age, uh, newly married, you know, in love and I'm not those, but you know, you just kind of, you can relate to those experiences more than I can relate to the experiences of, um, of Agnes, you well, know.
0: That's still a, uh, the, that's the lead in, in, a. Well, in a play, that, in an ensemble piece, you probably have the closest to a lead in that, but that's a nice way to break in in a new city.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I remember that. It was it was a terrific show. But you certainly, uh, I think you're in award territory with Agnes Sagada, I really do. And it did get Jeff recommended, so it's, who knows, it's possible.
1: Yeah, who knows. The, right now, my only objective is just to tell her story, because I think it needs to be told. Is she... She definitely deserves to be heard, Agnes does, and, you know, you want to do her right by by telling the story to the best of your ability, you know?
0: Yes, uh, and what's been the audience reaction to the show?
1: Good, you know, as even in the smallest of houses that we've had, they've been, they've definitely been very attentive, they've been uh, very gracious with their applause, however they can be, um, and you think... and. You know, some people have stayed after and, and talked and congratulated and stuff. So I think that they're definitely walking away being moved or affected or asking questions about themselves and each other, and which is what I think this play should bring out in people. It says you know? a
0: lot. Yeah, it says a lot when they stay after and, and talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that they were exactly. affected. Yeah. I mean, that's a kind of an opening night thing, but to have that going continuously in the run is says a lot for the show. Right, right. So you're pleased with it.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's the way I see it even if it's a house of five people, they they came to hear a story and you know, my job as a storyteller is to do that and they deserve just as much of a performance as a house of 60 people, you know, a full house. So, you well, know, how do you keep it fresh?
0: Every night, I ask this. So I ask this to every actor, so you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm putting you on the spot. Especially no. when you have this emotional journey that, that you're taking us through.
1: Um, yeah, you know, it's so weird that you asked this question because I was just, um, I'm still emailing, I've got this email thread going with all of my um, with my class from grad school, my acting and directing class. We became really close, it was a group of um, eight of us. And then I emailed them and um, three of my professors from grad school because I'm, I was worried about that. I'm, I'm worried about you know after the two weeks are up, how do you how do you continue on in the run and make it fresh and keep it new and keep discovering and asking and asking questions. And um, a lot of my classmates gave me really good advice and feedback and just re- helpful reminders. And I tried to just I tried my best to listen and to find. Even new idiosyncrasies within Agnes, and idiosyncrasies within the other characters, and how they move, and um, I seek a lot from the audience in terms of their energy how about and what before, they're giving to me. How about
0: before the show? How do you how do you get your mind into the
1: you know into the, this
0: this this character? You know, you well, go from you know go from this highly educated, highly trained professional actor to this innocent little girl. Yeah. How, how do you do
1: that? I clear my mind. Definitely. I try to clear my mind as much as possible. Um, I get to the theater about, I don't know, an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes before the show. Um, I do some stretches and some warm-ups. I definitely go through all my singing pieces and just make sure those are, you know, polished and ready to go. And then I don't really do a lot of mental focusing until about um, 15 minutes or so before the show just because I don't want to exhaust myself. Mentally, getting into her because she is she is a a challenging role, and I think that the more, if I were to like spend so much time focusing, I'd be so exhausted before. Yeah,
0: I can. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I can definitely because that can Um, can wear you out. So i i
1: i do um I do tend to do some sort of um, Michael Chekhov step in and step out process in terms of I envision I envision what I imagine Agnes to look like and I focus, and I, I talk to her, and, you know, we have some sort of a imaginary dialogue, and then when I'm ready, I basically, you know, step into her, and then I do some breath techniques, and then I'm, and hopefully, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go on stage at that time. I try not to do that any more than 15 minutes or so before. Um, other times, I will just, you know, repeat some sort of mantra to myself to get me into it, uh, but I try to shake it up a little bit in terms of different focus techniques. Just that, that also helps me keep it new and keep it fresh. If I do the same focus techniques every night, it tends to—I tend to feel stale. Um, so I try to, you know, give it some variation.
0: That's that's terrific, and that's great advice. Uh, I hope a lot of the actors in town do that because uh, I, we've all gone to shows where you can tell that it takes the. Uh, the person playing a unique role uh you know sometimes five ten minutes to sort of get into the role and you know they you know they must have just walked in and went on stage or something that they weren't mentally ready and that's kind of obvious to us as as audiences but but you can't do that with agnes and you didn't so that's that's really a mark of a pro oh thank you So, so tell us about singing now uh uh, you know, you've got to get out and start auditioning at some of the musical uh, for some of the musicals in town.
1: You know, I just this the, her tone of voice and and the tone that it calls for is definitely my comfort zone. Um, musical Broadway theater has is not my comfort zone, and I I intend to try to be more comfortable with it. But you know, I'm classically trained. I started take I started doing you know. Uh, choir singing very much like agnes does um, when i was in sixth grade i think all the way through high school so i and i did all these competitions and stuff for classical training singing well, so this is definitely within my comfort zone
0: we have a lot of that in, in this town i cover the lyric opera and they have a big chorus have, have um, audition for them
1: no no i haven't
0: you, you ought to consider doing that i mean their, their course, uh Carmen and I was at, I think there was like sixty in the course. Okay. I think there's room for you there. That'd
1: be fun. Yeah, I've yeah. never done an opera before.
0: Yeah, okay. In the in the remaining uh, couple of minutes we have
1: sure. tell us where you
0: we know you're here, we know you're 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 gonna make this a career. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us what the next step is. What what are some of the roles that that you'd like to have? You know, if you could wave a magic wand and pick a few <laughs> roles. Uh, what would they be?
1: Um, let's see. You know, I've always one of my dream roles that I've not played. Um, is uh, Nurse Ratchet in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I, I'm not sure why. I just <laughs> if she, if that she is, en- that's
0: a cute role. Yeah,
1: I enjoy her so much, and in in a way, she can come off as two dimensional. But I think that there is so much more to her. Um, and I've, I've just, I've never gotten the, gotten the chance to play her. Um, I definitely wanted to get some more, um, get more into Shakespeare. I did a lot of Shakespeare in grad school and I would really love to get, uh, more into that. I've got some really good Shakespeare training, uh, behind me. And, um, so, you know, of course, any of the huge Shakespeare women like Lady Macbeth or, um... You know Gertrude and Hamlet. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, Ophelia. I would love to play Ophelia. Th- that's a role I could probably probably play now within my age and my type. You know, I'm thinking ahead though in my career down the line in 20 years. I would love to be playing, you know, Gertrude or Lady Macbeth or one of those.
0: I could see you awesome in. Women. I can see you in in uh, in doing uh, Shaw plays and some of the classic stuff.
1: Yeah, oh, I love to do Chekhov, yeah. you know. He's so, he's just, he's He's funny, he's deep, he, a lot of people don't get him, and, but I think he, I think he's great. And he so wrote a lot of great Chekhov.
0: female roles, too.
1: Yes, yeah. definitely, yeah.
0: yes. Wow, this is, this has been terrific. And uh, w- w- the thing I really appreciate in, in your interview is you tell me how, the detail on your preparation for for doing a tough role. So, what advice would you give uh, young, the young uh, people who are interested in getting into theater?
1: Um, you know, I would say, do it. Just just do it. Um, I I remember the the I remember the day I decided I was going to study theater in college. I was sitting in my junior high school, you know, history class and. I was a junior in high school, and I was sitting in my history class, and it was just basically like, "What am I going to study? I'm going to study theater," and I never really looked looked back. And uh, I just I had a lot of good mentors and professors in both my undergrad and my grad programs, and they helped me along the way. And I just I just I never second guessed myself in that area of my work. That's always what I've been wanting to do, and I feel like that's what I'm strongest at, and I feel like that's what I can give the world and all of those around me. I feel like that's that's this is what I'm meant to do, you know. That's what I feel when I'm on stage. This is what I'm meant to do.
0: Well, based on the, on the two plays I've seen you in, uh, uh, we thank you that you made this decision because uh, both as Shelby and it definitely as Agnes uh you know you've arrived in this town and we're 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 glad you're here and and
1: Oh thank you.
0: Thanks so much for such a great interview and folks go see a play this week.